0: God Mm. Isn't he just so good Isn't he just so good Oh Lord we thank you Jesus we lift you up for your goodness For your kindness towards us God Because of who you are, God, we give you this glory and this honor, Jesus, for being our provider, for being our healer, God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. He is good. (laughs) He is so good. Giving honor to Pastor and Sister Linder for the opportunity to even stand in this place where they stand. God, has been so good to us. And we're going to go ahead and jump right in. So for our lesson text tonight, I'll be reading from a very short but familiar passage of scripture. Psalm chapter 34, verse one, which says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So why don't you put your Bibles down? Why don't you put your hands in the air? Lord, let's pray. God, we thank you. Thank you for another opportunity to be in your house, Jesus. We are so grateful to you for all that we have. And Lord, in this time where you are oh, this time where you are calling us, Jesus, and you are pushing us towards revival, God. Help us to be careful, to give you all the glory and the honor that is due your name, Lord. We are so grateful, God, and we are thankful. Open up every mind and every heart to receive from you tonight. In the name of Jesus, speak to us through your word, God, and through this lesson. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So, the title, we're gonna put a title on our lesson for tonight. It's gonna be Bless the Lord at All Times. So fitting with that verse, right? So, last week, we learned about strength in suffering and knowing that we have a God that's going to be with us through it all and who will give us strength through it all, amen? And what a great job Brother Ray did delivering that message to us. And so we learned about this strength that we'll get through this suffering through Job. And when we think about blessing the Lord tonight, we're going to turn our attention to David and David's life so we'll throughout the night, we'll talk a little bit about some moments that David's went through. So David had a very interesting life. And for now, where we'll pick up with David is in the very early part of his life, he spent a lot of time caring for his father's sheep. He was caring for them, protecting them, watching over them, the whole nine. And in that season of his life, he learned a lot about The power of God. He come to know the power of God. And then the prophet Samuel calls for him. And he goes from just caring for sheep to be anointed to be king. And this little shepherd boy was anointed to be king of Israel. But after being anointed, he didn't go straight to the palace or straight to royalty. But he went right back to caring for the sheep and we know david to be talented as well so he receives another call to play music for king saul and now that could have easily been seen as his his big break right his next step closer to the palace to being king to whatever all that entails so he's in the palace as a court musician and that favor is so tangible. And if you were David, you can probably see how easy it would be to give honor to the Lord and give, bless the Lord and praise his name for that, right? You're in the palace playing music, the thing that you love to do. So at this point in David's life, he has served his father and he's also served the king. And so now his father has sent him into the valley of Elah to take food to his brothers who were soldiers in Saul's army. So we're getting close to the story that we all love. So David, little sweet, cute little David, right? He overhears this Philistine giant boasting and blaspheming the king of heaven and earth. And that just really doesn't sit right with David. And that probably wouldn't sit right with any of us, right? So this fighting spirit rises up within David. And during that time, he remembers these private victories that the Lord has given him these private victories of killing the lion and killing the bear. So when Saul, when Saul starts to tell David that he can't fight this giant, David responds just like this. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 to 36, it says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came, came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. And when David is now faced with this Philistine, he says, In 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, and David David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So we know David gets those five smooth stones. And to everyone's surprise, he leaves that battlefield with the head of that giant. And as he's journeyed after this victory, he starts to hear the sounds of praises. And these praises aren't necessarily 100% directed at God, right? But we start to hear some praises that has David's name in there. David learned now what it sounds like for people to sing his praises a bit. So David, in his early triumphs and his glory, was about to learn about God's faithfulness. And when... God is deserving of all praise. So now David has killed Goliath and Saul now has had a massive change of heart. No longer is he very happy to have David in his court. Now he wants to kill David because of this victory that he has just came up with. So the song that these women were singing, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. And in my mind, that song was just tap dancing on Saul's nervous system. It was just really getting on his nerve. And because of that, not only does he not like David, not only does he jealous of David, but he wants to kill David. So Saul wanted David dead, but Jonathan, who is Saul's son, but also David's best friend, sneaks him away. And he fled to Gath which is one of the main cities of the Philistines. Now, David, remember, who has just had a public victory, right? Everybody probably knows his name. If they had a newspaper, he'd be headlining. David thinks that he wouldn't be known in this new city, but the exact opposite happens. David has just killed Goliath. Goliath was a Philistine, and he then goes to a Philistine city, but thinks he'll be not known. He didn't think that one through, but The people then brought David before the king. In 1 Samuel 21, verse 11, it says, And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And to be fair... The last king that David was with wanted to kill him. So we can, we can feel for David on his actions that will follow. Fear has gripped David at this point because now he is before another king. And David does something crazy. It's okay, we'll read about it. So 1 Samuel 21 verse 13 says, He changed his behavior before them pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate, and let saliva fall down his beard. Yeah. So David, he does this act. He acts crazy, for lack of a better word. And this act was so convincing that it gets David thrown out of the city. Because how could this famous, victorious, mighty man, David, be that insane, right? Right? And from that experience though, this whole experience of him slaying Goliath and going to Gath, he pens Psalm chapter 34. So Psalm chapter 34 is about his time in Gath and this time where he pretended to be insane. So now that we know that, let's read it. Psalm chapter 34 says this, "'I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him. Out of all his troubles, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth him. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their trouble. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken and broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil, sl- evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servant, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. So David has reflected on this moment in his life. And even though he played this insane man role very well, he knows that only God could have delivered him out of that situation. And only God could have set him free. So he has now turned to give God all the credit because he knows that without him, that wouldn't happen. So now none of us can probably say that we've had a moment exactly like that. Of David. At least I hope not. But you never know. But one thing that we can identify with is what it feels like, feels like to be gripped by that much fear. We all can go back to a point in our life where we felt fear that has really gripped us. Maybe even to the point of us acting out of character because we are so fearful. We can feel with David on that part. And things get like that because we have an enemy who is actively aimed at destroying us doesn't take a day off. He is actively aimed at coming after our souls. So we must do what the Bible says. In 1 Peter 5 and 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But... We have the reality of Psalm chapter 34. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth him. God is always there. Always there. Always there. And as we hold on to God and we hold on to that promise, we are to resist the devil, like we just read. And in 1 Peter 5, verse 9, after we just read, he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It says, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So we do not, well, we cannot rely on our own human power when we are faced with the enemy. We can't do that. We cannot fall back on our own human power, but we have to firmly put our faith our hope, and our trust in Jesus Christ. James chapter four, verse seven reminds us, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Everybody say resist. Doesn't that feel good? Resist the devil, and he's gonna flee from you. Sister Nicol reminded us on Sunday That what God's word says is exactly what it says. And that's exactly what he meant. And when God makes good on his promise, because he will, we can sing right along with David when he says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Amen. God will always make good on his promises. So. Now we're picking up with David again. And he fled from Gath, and now he's made his way into a cave. Our great David, he's just so far, has just been up and down. But he has now made his way to a cave, this mighty man. He needed to hear that message from Sister Nickel on Sunday about get up out of that tent, amen. So his family and others who were seeking to flee from Saul, caught up with David. And in First Samuel 22, verse two, it says, and everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him, him being David. So he became captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. So David has just become captain over these 400 men. They didn't prosper under Saul, so they threw their lot in with David. So these people are sticking close to him. So now David, who has been pretty much on the run, is now captain. Over 400 men, ready to follow him and go with him wherever he leads. And in this crowd were David's parents and I think David was just really trying to be a good son. So in an effort to do that, he goes to Moab and he's trying to seek asylum for his parents. And while he's there, a prophet speaks to David and tells him in 1 Samuel 22, verse 5, do not stay in the stronghold, go into the land of Judah. So finally, David gets a word of direction. And he obeys. A word from the Lord can change everything. It can change everything. A word from the Lord can take care of that doubt. It can take care of that fear. And that is why it is so important for us to be in the word of God, right? To be sensitive to his voice, to be sensitive in prayer, because he will speak to us. His desire is to speak to us, to communicate with us. So we have to be sensitive to that. And how many of you can testify of a time where God has spoken a word to you that has gotten rid of that doubt, cast out fear, and sent deliverance to your soul? How many of us can testify of that in this place? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So whether that be God speaking through another person in the body or maybe in that still small voice in your, pl- your place, and your time of prayer, a word will come. A word from the Lord will come if we seek it, if we seek him and if we ask him for it, amen? So as we've, we've tracked David so far, he has had many life changes, right? He's been anointed He's been playing music. He's ran from a king that was trying to kill him. He's acted out of character because he was so fearful. He's hiding in a cave, and then he becomes captain over 400 men. So a lot with David. He's had some very high highs and some very low lows, but we have seen him remember the Lord and the importance of turning our faces to him and blessing his name. David has found that God was trustworthy. And through it all, he is who he says he is. And it took these experiences for him to learn that. But he has learned it for himself. So we cannot discredit our, or our experiences. Because those are what teach us to learn it for ourselves. And to know it for ourselves. So even when things get hard, let's focus on the fact that it will teach us to know things about the Lord for ourselves. So he's learned this, and so he's able to pen the words, oh taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And man, is it easy for us to instinctively rely on our own power? Just naturally. We lean on us. We lean on what we can do. If we don't see a way out, and there can't be one. <laughs> That's how we think. It is so instinctive for us to rely on our own strength and our own power, but we have to be reminded that his strength is perfect in our weakness. Amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly thereof will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We are never alone we are never alone our God is steadfast and he is a present help in any time of trouble and he will always deliver us David reveals a very relatable truth in Psalm chapter 34 verse 19 many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivereth him out of them all There is nothing like living for God, amen? I wouldn't trade this life for anything. And I really hope that you would agree with me. I hope you found him to be good. I hope that you have tasted and seen. And if you have not, there is time for you to do that. That's all right, thank you Jesus. There's blessings, there's favor, there's strength there's protection, there's goodness that follows after you. There are all these wonderful things that come with living for the Lord and dwelling in his presence and getting to know him and spending time with him and developing your relationship with him. It just gets sweeter. Amen. It just gets sweeter. sweeter. But he doesn't promise to keep us from affliction. Even in all that goodness, even in all the promises that he promises to give us of all things that are prosperous and beautiful, he doesn't promise to keep us from affliction. And he doesn't promise us a life without hardship. But he will deliver us out of them all. Amen. We have that promise and we can have that confidence today. He will deliver us out of them all. And can't you just breathe that in like a fresh breath, breath of fresh air? He will deliver us out of them all. So knowing that we have that security in Jesus, we can go back to the beginning of Psalm 34, which reminds us of how we should respond. We've said it a bunch. We're going to say it again. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually, continually be in my mouth. And one thing that I love about David is that there was always this sincere turning about him. He's very relatable because he's had all these highs and he's had all these lows. But he's always turned back to the lord he's always turned his heart and his mind and his focus back to the lord no matter what has come his way david knows a lot about affliction god doesn't promise us a life without it and we can see that in david's life but there was always this turning spirit about david that no matter what has happened he can say no I don't appreciate what's happened. No, I don't appreciate a king trying to kill me. No, I don't appreciate being in a cave. No, I don't appreciate all this affliction that's going on in my life. But I'm going to turn my heart to the Lord and remember to bless his name and remember that he is a God that delivers and remember that he is a God that has always been good. (laughs) That I know he's a deliverer. And that I know he's faithful, even though the affliction that I'm in doesn't really support what I know, I'm going to choose to turn my heart and my mind to the Lord. And bless his name at all times, David declares it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And then he beckons, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. This praise isn't supposed to go up on occasion. It's supposed to be continual at all times, on every occasion For any other word you want to use that means all, that's what we're talking about. So maybe you're experiencing immense favor right now. Everything's going great. There's no real concern. There's no real need. There's nothing really pressing. We're living in blessing right now. Maybe that's you. I rejoice with you. Because if it's happening in the body, that means it's probably going to happen to us down the line. So I I rejoice with you. And it's easy to praise God then, and it should be. When favor is flowing, when life is good, when bills are paid, when everybody's acting right, (laughs) it's easy to be like, Thank you, Jesus. Life is so good. Yes, I can praise you. Yes, I can pray with you. Whatever you need, yes. But maybe you're on the affliction side of things tonight. And maybe joy isn't the first thing that's coming to your mind, maybe it's worry. Maybe it's fear, maybe it's confusion. Maybe that's the side that we're on tonight. But what do we do then? We praise the Lord for his faithfulness. We turn back to the things about God that we know. God, I know that you're a deliverer. God, I know that you're a healer. God, I know that you're gonna make a way. God, I know that you're a provider. We turn our hearts to the things about God that we know. Even when your situation doesn't match up with the things that you know about God, you always turn and you always fall back on the things about God that you know. Our core, pro- our core programming is what I'm going to call this. The natural thing that we always fall back on. If you're naturally a social person, that's what your core programming is. That's the thing that you're always going to fall back to, right? But when it comes to God and when it comes to the things of God and when it comes to life, when things just really don't match up, we have to go back to our core programming when it comes to the Lord. All the things about God that we know, all the things that our Bible tells us that he is, we fall back on that amen and that's not easy (laughs) entirely not easy and sometimes if we're being very honest it's a very painful thing to do when you're living in a moment of affliction it's painful to say lord i give you praise anyways lord i thank you anyways God, I I bless your name anyways. I don't see how this is going to work, and I'm honestly really upset about it, but God, I'm going to bless your name anyways. Has anyone ever had to do that? You know how painful that is. You know how much that can hurt. But it's a choice that we make. It's a choice that we make to continually bless the Lord at all times. So we see throughout David's life that he's experienced God's faithfulness in affliction, which becomes the foundation for his life of praise. It comes the foundation of how he can beckon us to say, oh, taste and see it, that the Lord is good, because all these things have become the foundation for that. And if you can stand with me as the musicians come Reverend Matthew Tuttle was quoted at a conference and he was, he was quoted saying this, I don't always praise God because I feel it. Sometimes I have to force it. He's been too good to me to let my feelings and my emotions get in the way of me lifting him up. And sometimes life really does Just kick us in the teeth. It just does. Sometimes life just gets really, really hard. But may we have a spirit like that, that says, you know, I am tired and I am frustrated and I had the world's worst week. But I'm going to come into the house of God and choose to bless the Lord. I'm going to come into the house of God and choose to bless his name. And may we, may we have a spirit just like David, that says yes i'm going through things right now and yes i'm going through affliction but i'm going to turn my attention to the king of kings and to the lord of lords and to the god that i know will heal me that i know will deliver me that i know will provide for me may we have a spirit like that that no matter what we're going to turn and choose to bless the lord at all times it is a conscious choice that we make. In our flesh, we don't naturally fall back on singing praises to the Lord no matter what. We just don't. We're in, we're in flesh. It is a conscious choice that we have to make to bless him at all times, good and bad. So as we step forward tonight, let's turn our hearts to the Lord and know that he will deliver us and know and make that declaration today that, God, you are going to deliver us. And I am going to turn my heart to you, Lord, because I know that no matter what I am going through, Jesus, I'm going to make the conscious choice to bless your name. I'm going to make the conscious choice to lift you up, God, no matter what, because I know that you can do it. And I know that you will deliver us. And I know that you will make a way. God, we thank you, Jesus, and we bless you.